What is up, my brothers and sisters, my agents of respect? It is your boy, Trey Johnson, back with another episode of the No Disrespect But Podcast. And they've been wondering, hey, man, my boy, Trey, man, I ain't been hearing much. Well, you know, this podcast, man, I want to make it good. So I had to make sure I got some technology issues straightened out, which basically means I had to decide to pay more for Zoom so I can actually record now. You know, new job. I don't know, have necessarily the same uh, Zoom login, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm a cheap, I'm a cheapskate. So I decided, you know what, man, I miss my fans. I miss talking. I miss having fun, just kind of speaking my mind on this podcast. So let me get off this high horse, pay this little money or whatever, and get this thing going. So <laughs> here we are. We're back. Happy to be here. And so, before I get started on today's episode, clearly I'm wearing my sinks for you. So it's going to be a little bit about them today, but I just want to shout out, you know, Brittany Griner. So happy to have her back home. Uh, y'all know some of those early episodes this season, I was like free BG any, any chance I got. And so just so happy that we were able to get her out of Russia. Shout out to Uncle Joe, President Biden, whatever you want to call him. You know, and everybody's been making a little bit of a big deal as far as the exchange, but Guess what? None of us have ever made exchanges, so I don't think we really have the room to talk, compare, say what we would have done. Because guess what? The likelihood of either of us saying these things, being the president of the United States, is very slim to none. And more so on the none side of things than the actual slim side. So I think we just got to stay in our lane a little bit and just be happy that somebody's home, an American citizen's home, especially from, you know, Russia. You know, we have a lot of enemies around this world, and they'd probably be at the top of the food chain in that regard. So any American citizen um, in their custody is in danger. And so at that point in time, also hoping we get uh, wheeling home as well, uh, former Marine, you know, some discharge, other kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. Again, American overseas, especially in Russia, want to make sure we're, we're getting them home safely. Um regardless of, of some of the things that they're being accused of. Um, but again, let's bring Wheeling home. Happy to have BG home. Let's be happy. Um, let's hope we can get more American citizens um, that are incarcerated around the world um, on some trumped up type of charges, that type of stuff. Uh, let's pray. Let's keep praying that, that we'll get them home. Um, and that's something we need to think about this holiday season. Uh, all of our men and women, also in the armed forces that are out there fighting for us, just thinking about them. So, just wanted to get that out of the way. Now, today's episode, talk a little bit about the sense. Now, I had some high hopes, some high expectations uh, for my New Orleans Saints this season. And why shouldn't I have? I mean, we were 9 and 8 last year, starting four different quarterbacks. Um, in history, had the most starting lineups in the history of the league at that point in time. Offensive line was decimated. And coming into the season, first and foremost, a lot of early stuff, we still had some things in place thinking, okay, we're going to get Marcus Williams, re-sign him. Because, again, the reason why we were told we let Trey Hendrickson go was because we needed enough money to sign um, Marcus Williams and Eric McCoy. We ended up only signing Eric McCoy, let Marcus Williams walk. Uh, to the Baltimore Ravens um, at the time. We also thought we would have C.D. Deuce, who was kind of that energy on that defense. Contract talks just kind of went sideways. He wanted to play more full-time safety, but with us uh, signing the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, and uh, Marcus May, over from the New York Jets, uh, that role wasn't needed. We kind of needed C.D. To, to, to hold down that star, that nickel role, and 
and, and shout out to him. He he knew that hey, I could do more. Ended up, you know, trading to the Eagles. He's been he's led the league in interceptions, and I think he's missed the last two games too. So that just shows you the type of season he's having. Uh, happy for him because he bet on himself and what he could be in this league, not just a um, rotational guy or a role guy, but actually, you know, being a starting tick. So shout out to them. But there were some things we thought were going to happen. Uh, Magda Thomas was coming back. Got Jarvis Landry. Drafted Chris Olave. Uh, you didn't. You, you lost to um, Teron Armstead, but you got Trevor Penning um, in the first round. Rookie, one of those guys I really like. Uh, he's, he's actually, but he got hurt in the preseason, last preseason game, actually, where he was actually playing well. And so now he's back, but we're just starting to put him in kind of that sixth offensive lineman role. So he's getting his feet away a little bit. So maybe we'll see next year he continues to be. But Chris Olave is having an outstanding season. But um, more importantly, um, I think we figured that Jameis Winston was going to be healthy. And we had won four games with him as our starting quarterback last year. Technically, it's five because he got to start against Tampa Bay in the game he got hurt. But I, I usually give that to Trevor Simeon for finishing that game out. But, you know, four, four and two, five and two, whatever you want to do with 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. With that decimated wide receiver core we had last year, there was reason for optimism. Um, and even more reason for optimism is that we were bringing uh, Dennis Allen in to be our head coach. Um, now, I was more of a Eric the Enemy guy. I know we had talked to him for a good bit, pretty much had him in the facilities for most of the day during his interview. Um, and I thought that was a good sign. I was kind of Eric the Enemy, Doug Peterson. I know some folks I knew, they, they were really high on Mike McDaniels. Um, but when we were told, hey, we're going to go Dennis Allen route to stick with some continuity, it was like, okay, he, is, he has been our DC coordinator the past few years. That unit has been pretty much, you know, saving our behinds, even in the latter Drew Brees years. That defense is just phenomenal. So, you know, in, in all senses, uh, in all intended purposes of continuity, it made sense at that point in time. He probably wasn't your favorite guy, but you were like, oh, okay, I, I can deal with that. Um, but this season has just been abysmal. And while we have had a lot of injuries, much like last season, you know, Michael Thomas got hurt third game of the season is now out for the year. Um, Jarvis Landry actually got hurt in that game as well. Ended up tearing a ligament in his ankle. He ended up trying to battle through with it, re-aggravated it. Um, uh, Alvin Kamara missed some time. Taysom Hill's been dealing with a rib injury. Obviously, we lost uh, Jameis Winston, and that's been a whole issue in itself in that, you know, naming Andy Dalton, who's kind of bought him to be the, the backup come in when necessary, that type of thing, but now being named starter for, as far as we know, as fans of the future, um, at least for the rest of the season, is concerned. And so James getting hurt week one, which is probably the peak of our season, definitely the peak for me, um, getting hurt week one, then getting hurt again, um, playing with four ver uh, broken vertebrae in his back in week two against the Tabby Buccaneers, but also in that game. Um, injuring his foot, uh, tearing a ligament in his foot, which um, from from all accounts has been the lingering injury that has really kept him out. Um, and so he, he tried to run it back against the Carolina Panthers, a game I went to, by the way, um, and, that, and that just wasn't good. He played well as far as yardage is concerned, but um, two turnovers. Obviously, one of the turnovers was a held Mary. Um, the other one was really just a great, a great defensive play by J.C. Horn on the corner blitz. 
that resulted, um, I think, I believe, a Derrick Brown interception or something like that. So, um, you know, wasn't that happened to be his last start of the season because he ended up shutting it down against Minnesota. We're thinking, hey, they're going to give him some time to relax. And then after an abysmal performance by our backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, where he threw three interceptions and two pick sixes, um, head coach Dennis Allen said, hey, he's going to start the rest of the season and it's performance based. So, you know, if you're you're one of the logical fans like myself, it was like, wait, how do you how somebody win the job after such a performance? And what's going on with our quarterback? And just a few days ago, he wasn't healthy enough to even play. Uh, it was said that if something happened to Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill would end up getting the quarterback rep. So, what happened in the span of three or four days? Where now we're hearing that the quarterback is fully healthy, that James is fully healthy, and that he's just being bent. So. You know, a, a lot has been going on this season. And and while it's been the injuries, while it's been the miscommunication with injuries, namely Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, thinking he's going to be back in about three or four weeks, and then he has to shut it down for the season. Um, Elvin Kamara being in the game, he ended up playing the Carolina Panthers game, and he probably shouldn't have played that game. Um, then we got uh, Jarvis Landry again being put in. Um, Marshawn Lattimore getting hurt against Cincinnati Bengals, I believe it was, um, and having a lacerated kidney. But we're thinking, oh, he's going to be back in three or four weeks, but not being put on injured reserve. And now he's missed eight straight games. It's a lot. And it's really the losses uh, that have been piling up um, for us this season as fans that have been the most frustrating because they've been in every game. You know, just last game, had a chance to – uh, really make a dent in the division, put themselves in second place uh, with a chance for first coming off their bye, um, playing against the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers up uh, by 10 points with about five or six minutes left and just really wet the bed, man. And it's frustrating. I get it. I'm frustrated as a fan. And I think what's been most frustrating is we don't really have any hope for the future. Um, you don't have your coach anymore. Sean Payton left. Now I'm going to get to him in a second. Um, Sean Payton left. He decided he didn't want to be a part of this family anymore. Obviously, we knew Drew Brees had retired. And we never really made a plan for his retirement, even though we saw the decline maybe his last two or three years um, as the Saints starting quarterback. But we never really made any concessions um, for that. And you know, it's it's one of those things where this was a team that was, for all intents and purposes, projected. It was built to compete in the playoffs. Maybe not necessarily win the Super Bowl, even though that's always on our minds, fans, but to at least, you know, win a couple games, win a game or two in the playoffs and, and really be excited for next season as we continue to build. Um, but as a team with an aging roster, um, no first-round pick. Still question marks at quarterback. As much as a, as much as I love James Winston and think that he can be um, a leader for this franchise and the quarterback in the future, um, him being 28 years old, it's not really old. I mean, Drew Brees came to us around that same age um, in, in terms of the Hall of Fame that he is. So with the talent level, you believe that he can do it, right? But the best ability is available. And this is now two seasons where at least in the Saints uniform, 
he's been cut short due to injury. And, and we know just kind of playing him twice a year in Tampa, injuries uh, were a little bit of an issue as well. He played through that, um, those injuries, unlike here. I think we tried to help him health-wise, but maybe should have put him out there against Tampa or Carolina, but we did. But I think going forward, the medical team, uh, along with Jameis, at least tried to make a plan to where they could sit, let him heal. But he still is on contract for next year. So making $12.5 million, you know, some people are saying he's going to cut or he's going to be asked to take a pay cut. And if he says no, then he's going to be dropped. But in my mind, $12.5 million is not that much to pay a starting NFL quarterback, just to see. Um, again, we don't have a first-round pick, and um, I know it's being said that we might be able to trade Sean Payton with a first-round pick, but as far as now, you have to assume we don't. And the quarterback class is eh, it's pretty good. It's much better than last year, I would say. But, you know, you have two quarterbacks. You have Bryce Young, you have C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and then it's everybody else. And do you want to be that team that just takes the other guy? just because they're there. Um, you know, if you want to take that quarterback position, depending on where you draft that quarterback, I think it's a signal. You get a guy in the mid-round, like, ah, oh, I might be a project guy at the end, so to speak. Not necessarily somebody you might put the feature in, but somebody might get a chance, uh, give a chance to compete, maybe get, you know, a, a backup spot, and then if things don't happen well that you started, you put them in and see how it goes. I think we might be looking for that in 2023. but. Who knows? But again, you got James Winston, who's the only quarterback under contract for next year. So you got to really think about uh, what we're doing. And so, like I said, the season's not over. Ironically, the Saints aren't even out of the playoff picture. <laughs> I know some of us fans, we just don't want that hope. But I think if you, if we really want, if, if Dennis Allen really wants to make something out of this season, I think he has to, one, he has to go back to Jameis. One of the reasons why I think Jameis Winston is the better quarterback of the two, just from a talent standpoint, I think we won more games with him than without him. And that has to mean something in this league. Um, you can just look at it with San Francisco. You can, you can want to get rid of Jimmy G all you want to, but you don't win without him. And so I think the Saints are kind of in that position too, in the sense that we, don't, we haven't won without him the last two years. Who are you going to put in his place? Are you really going to give the hands to a rookie in the 2023 class that isn't Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud because you don't have your first round pick that's going to the Eagles? I don't see that. And are you going to try to bring in a Jimmy G or a Gardner Minshew or a Geno Smith or guys like that that they're decent, but they're also not providing a skill set that I believe the Saints need in the quarterback position. I think I, be, I believe that they need that big arm guy that can make not only the, the big time throws, but also the intermediate throws, which um, James Wilson has shown the ability to do. So I, I think Dennis Allen, head coach Dennis Allen, needs to make that switch back, mainly because we've been losing games. And Andy Dalton, and it's not all, all of them. I don't want anybody to listen to this and think, oh, he's just bashing the quarterback. He's always been doing all season. No, you can look at the game and tell when it's the quarterback's fault and when it's not. And I'd say these last two losses, it is not. Been on the quarterback. Andy Dalton has made some great throws. Uh, he has put us in position to win games, which is what you expect. What, you, what he was expected to do coming in as a backup, if called upon, that he could put us in positions to win games. And I think he's done that uh, to a degree for some of the games. 
But we also knew that if we needed to rely on him to win the game, that was something that might be too much in the ass. And we would try to put ourselves in positions where we weren't asking that. Unfortunately, um, a good bit of the, the starts he's had, we've had to rely on him uh, to make some of those big time throws. This has been a little bit consistent, but 34 years old, way past his prime. Um, he's definitely not the sensey uh, Andy Dalton that we, that we knew and that we loved um, for, for his tenure there. And so look, it's, it's not fair to him that the head coach made a decision that he made. And now expectations are being put on the quarterback that really was just trying to gain manage, manage the game. Um, and so again, I think you make that switch mainly because we haven't been winning games. We have four games left. You have this quarterback under contract for next year, that quarterback being James Winston, you have to see what you have. If it's the same way with Dennis Allen's, you have this, these four games, or you're going to be our head coach next season. James Winston, you're going to have a chance to come back in, uh, at camp and be our quarterback next season. In these four games, you tell, and I think both of them need to make that decision. I think uh, Dennis Allen needs to go to James. I think James, if he's healthy, um, he should be willing to play that game because even if you're not playing in the New Orleans Saints uniform, uh, you want to increase your value because right now, two years gone due to injury, is not going to be the best market uh, for him. Secondly, um, I think we we need to get Alvin Kamara more involved, but not in the way he's been involved. Um, I think the Raiders game was probably by far the, the example of how you should use Alvin Kamara. Run some, get him on the perimeter, definitely utilize him in the passing game. But I think mostly, and honestly, mostly since he signed that new deal, we've been trying to make him this power back, this three down back that just runs up the middle. And that's not good. That's not good for him physically. That's not good for his production. I mean, think about it. Ever since we've been trying to realize him more like that, I think his body hasn't really been able to take it. Um, and look, he's our best player offensively. And we're just lowering his shelf line every single time we give him the ball and run him up the gut uh, with some of those big guys. We're we're not doing him any favors. Um, and so so I think we just have to get him a little bit more involved in a passing game. I think we need to evaluate some of the other running backs we have on the roster. Obviously, one guy, Mark Ingram, is going to be out for the rest of the season with an MCL tear. Probably his last game as a Saint, unfortunately, was um, against the Bucks in, in that loss. So, so he's probably going to be done with us next year. We got David Johnson on the, on the roster. Uh, we have uh, Dwayne Washington on the roster. So I, I would like to see those guys. Um, did I say Dwayne Johnson? I mean David Johnson. So I don't know if I said that right. But um, I want to see what these guys have. Obviously, I know David Johnson's an older back. He's a little bit past his prime. I'm not really looking at him. But I want to be able to preserve Alvin Kamara a little bit more physically. Um, and look. He might be suspended next season, but guess what? It doesn't mean I want to run into the ground this season. Um, so really be mindful of that. Um, and then I'd like to see Ronald Curry get some play calling duties these last four games. Why? Well, some of those preseason games that made us excited, both with Andy Dalton at quarterback and James Winston at quarterback, um, to my knowledge, Ronald Curry was one of those, was one of those main guys called plays. And while I'm not saying that Pete Carmichael is a horrible play caller, I think when he 
into certain situations. He hasn't been the best this season, more specifically in the red zone. Um, our best wide receiver, Chris Olave, not really getting targets. We're going away from the goal line fade. That was so um, was was such a big part of our red zone efficiency. Um, not just with Michael Thomas this season, but even last year, just getting the ball to some of those big tight ends, Marcus Callaway, just throwing it up to the guys, letting them make a play. I, I just think we've gotten uh, so far away from of what makes us successful, especially uh, using Taysom. Um, Taysom Hill, somebody that, hey, we were told he's going to be a tight end, we're going to get him involved in the passing game, and we just haven't seen that. And honestly, I don't think we've seen that, mainly because most of his impactful plays have come at the quarterback position because you have to mix him in a little bit more there because of Andy Dalton's um, deficiencies um, in a way. But I also think we're getting a little bit too lackadaisical and too predictable with him. He's an athlete. Let's use him. Much like Alma Kamara, let's get him on the perimeter. Let's get him in movement um, so that guys can't key in on him, especially Taysom Hill, who's had some injury issues um, with the foot, with some concussion issues. Like I said, he's dealing with a rib injury now. Let's get him on a move. Let's get him, in, uh, you know, on the edge a little bit more. And then on some of those third and short and fourth and shorts, hey, we got to trust the guy. He's a big guy, 6'2", 6'3". He can fall and hit you a yard. So, you know, there's some changes that I think we can make and salvage this season. But who knows? We'll see. Um, and let's talk about one of the reasons why we might be in the predicament we're in. Obviously, anybody that watches the Saints, they can tell you that it's not as much about the players on the field, but more so about the coaches on the sidelines, most mainly uh, Dennis Allen. And so I know there's a lot of reports where people want him gone after one season. I personally don't think that's going to happen. Uh, from what I've been told, this was always going to be a two-year audition uh, for him, for James Winston, for uh, some of the other players, like our Asian players, like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan, where, look, you got these two seasons to, to show us something. It's not saying you got to win the Super Bowl, but you have to be competitive. And I think this team was expected to be competitive and win ball games this season, not just by fans, but by the organization. Think of all the moves they made. Um, think about the, the aggressiveness in the draft, not only get your receiver of the future, but your left tackle of the future, and to get a, a, a safety and to add to the wide receiver room. You know, these were. Things where you thought, hey, man, we, we're going for it. The organization operated in that way, and that led us fans to believe that we were operating that way. But, you know, again, we are where we are. And so I think part of that is we assumed that being under Sean Payton meant you were going to try to be able to equal some of his success. And I think that was one of the biggest mistakes of the offseason because there's only one Sean Payton and only one person that can do what he does. And so, like I said, there's reports that Dennis Allen might be done after one season and then what's next. Now, so you have the guys like Eric Enemy um, to think about um, the D'Amico Ryans, who's the coordinator at San Francisco. I don't know if we're going to go two for two or back to back with defensive coaches. Then we're going to do that. You might as well stick with Dennis Allen. And, you know, some people are saying that Sean Payton might come back. Technically speaking, he has three years left on his contract. I think it'll be two years after this season or something like that. And he could very well be the Saints' new head coach. That sounds weird saying that, but I guess technically speaking, he'd be our new head coach again. But 
the main point of my episode that I really want to get to in regards to that is, where's our self-respect? Where's our self-respect as an organization? Where's our self-respect as fans? Um, if you didn't know, Sean Payton had been trying to leave as early as 2017. And if you think about that year, yes, that means Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, um, record breaker is still on that roster. And we saw those years, 2017 to 2020, where we were still good. Drew wasn't the same Drew, but he was pretty damn good um, in winning ball games um, and getting us to a conference championship and things of that nature. But Sean wanted to leave. And maybe, you know, no, not to really brag him or anything, but guess what? You're somewhere for a very long time. And everybody wants to be Bill Belichick. You know, not everybody wants to be Bill Cowher. People get tired. They want new things. Doesn't mean they don't want to do the job anymore. They just want a, a, a change of scenery. And he had been operating in the frame of mind that, hey, I might want to change the scenery. And Mickey and, and Gail Benson, they come to him like, hey, man, look, we're, we're winning games now. We're, we're being aggressive with the cap. You know, we still got Drew. He's almost done. Let's try to get him to, let's try to get the both of y'all to football so y'all can be as a head coach quarterback pair in some of the, the top names, um, you know, in, in the league, in the NFL history. And then obviously there's, there was a rumor that in 2019, a trade for Sean Payton was almost done. And Mickey Loomis, given the Anthony Davis trade, said, hey, the city can't handle losing both of you in such a short span of time. I beg to differ. I think the city would have bounced back just fine, especially knowing that we still had a couple more years of Drew and that quarterback play. Uh, that season, that 20, that 2012 season, I believe it was, where he was breaking all those records. Like, look, it didn't look like we missed Sean from that standpoint. We just had a, a sucky defensive roster. So I will say this. He's been wanting to, he's been having one foot out of the door for a very long time. And just because, let's say, for instance, he did come back uh, to the Saints and coach. Who's to say that he still doesn't have a foot up the door and that he just feels that, hey, a team isn't going to trade for me right now because they might not have the assets that they're willing to part with to get. And so I can just be with the Saints, do a little something, something for two to three years, and then I'm done. I'm a free agent. I can go wherever I want instead of going with who has the best price for me, right? And so... When I ask, where's our self-respect? Again, it's because why are we begging the guy that didn't want to be here anymore to come back? Yeah, the Dennis Allen experience is not a good one right now, mainly because of, again, injury mismanagement, quarterback mismanagement, and losses. That last part is the important thing. We haven't seen losses like this in a long time. And I'm not saying we haven't seen just the, the actual lost like the numbers in the L cop. But we've seen that. We had three straight 79 seasons. But you saw a team compete. You saw a team that was fun. You felt like you were in every game, even though technically speaking, we're in every game this season for the most part. But you just had that confidence. You looked forward to it because you knew for one, Drew Brees and that offense, they were going to give it all they had. It was just a matter of can our defense get a few stops to help us? And more times than not, they did not help us until we got a total revamp um, in that 2017 season, starting with my guy, the warden, Marshawn Latin. But, again, 
we're not lacking the experience now by causing you to think about some of the things that happened over the past year. And then when you understand that you had a coach that had one foot out the door, maybe one foot and a half of the other out the door, to me, I get a little upset. Uh, for instance, the 2017 season, go up against the um, Minnesota Vikings. Pretty mundane offensively. We kind of get it going towards the end. Drew Brees does what he does, uh, gets us a, a score. And then it's on our defense. We're up 24-23. We have to prevent them from getting the field goal range. And think about it. The week before, we're playing the Carolina Panthers, and we send a blitz on Cam Newton. Now, think about it. This is Cam Newton in his prime. He isn't dealing with the injury issues just yet. So if he sees, and they need a field goal to win, by the way. So if he sees that safety coming off the edge and makes him miss, that's a house call. He's gone. But we take that chance because we understand that, hey, we need to get him on the ground. They don't have any timeouts. We need to get him on the ground. We can't allow him to surgically um, tear us apart. And we do that. We get back next week and we have Case Keenum. Case Keenum, you wouldn't mistake him for being athletic. But we rush three, drop back. You have a rookie in coverage. Because of the way the NFL officiates defenses, he gets scared, doesn't lay, um, doesn't lay Stefan Diggs out, closes his eyes, misses the tackle, Stefan Diggs close, uh, scores. You know it. Then we get back to next year from that heartbreak into the NFC Championship game. Home field advantage, we have it. We go up on the Rams, but then for some reason, we just start to get a little conservative. Conservative and Sean Payton in the same sentence, come on. But we get a little conservative. While the Rams, they pick up steam. They end up winning the game. Obviously, I know the missed call and everything like that, but that should have been a blowout. Should have blew them off the field, blew them off the turf, but we didn't. We got conservative. We got okay with the lead. Sound familiar? Because I, I know a few days ago, that was the exact same scenario. We got okay with the lead, but didn't do enough to maintain it. Took field goals when you should have went for touchdowns. Punted when you should have went forward on fourth downs. Things of that nature. 2019, that's the year we missed some time with Drew. Drew gets hurt. Teddy comes in, goes 5-0. The numbers might not be pretty, but we're winning and he's playing well. No quarterback shouldn't lose their job to injury. But now, knowing what we know now, that Drew Brees was not healthy and came back early, why? We're, we're undefeated. There was no reason. Why, why couldn't we pull what the Broncos did? They didn't rush Big Man back. They didn't allow him to rush himself back. Brock Osweiler was winning games. Was it pretty? No, but he was winning games. And you need to put your Hall of Fame quarterback in harm's way. You knew you were going. You knew you couldn't win without him to make sure he was at the best he could be health wise. You didn't do that with Drew in 2019. Brought him back. He was okay the last few games. Really good. We get a first round or like a wild card game against the Minnesota Vikings again against Kirk Cousins, who had never won a playoff game. And real mediocre. One would assume that's because our quarterback is hurt. So why not make the switch to Teddy 
why not keep going with Taysom? We had a period where the Minnesota Vikings decided to put their defensive ends, their smaller guys, on the inside, and we were just running down their throat. And then we decided to start passing again. And our guards were getting beat by faster defensive ends. And we could have just allowed the ground and pound to win us that game, but we didn't. And yes, the breeze came down orchestrated a, a, a drive to get a game-time field goal, and then we lost in overtime. But there shouldn't be an overtime. But we had a coach that had one foot out the door. But he was just looking for optics. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't sit my Hall of Fame quarterback down. I can't do that, but you could have. And then we go fast forward to next year. Same thing. Drew's hurt. Finding out the the after the season, all the things that he was dealing with, like with a collapsed lung, broken ribs, a torn rotator cuff. A torn rotator cuff on a quarterback that's no one would say is guilty of having a stomach on the end. And we lose that game. I mean, mainly because of, you know, Cook fumbling the ball. But again, you could have went to Taysom to finish that game out. You could have went to James, who had a touchdown with a flick of the wrist in that game. And I didn't mean he had to bench through the whole season, whole postseason. That's about winning the games. And I think if you really look at it, Sean Payton just stopped caring about winning the games and more so of how we won games. Last season, his last season as a New Orleans Saints head coach, we missed out on the playoffs by one game. You know what game always comes to my mind? New York Giants game, where we had the lead. We blew a lead in the fourth quarter because we got cute. You want to put Taysom in on first and 20 and throwing passes. We got cute. And we lost to a bad team. But losing to bad teams kind of means you're a bad team, too. And we missed the playoffs by one game. That one game hurt. So it really wasn't a surprise when he decided to leave because if we're being honest with ourselves, we left a long time ago. So now that we're struggling and we're down on our luck, we're desperate. We're desperate as a fan base. We're desperate as an organization. I get it. But desperation doesn't lead to success. Have a little bit of pride. Have a little bit of a standard to oneself. We'll be okay. We don't need Sean Payton. I think we need to. And I think we need to stop wanting Dennis Allen to be Sean Payton. We need to stop wanting Pete Carmichael to be Sean Payton. We need to stop wanting them to act in the way that Sean Payton would have acted. Because at the end of the day, he's not here. And while we did want continuity, I don't think it necessarily meant that we were supposed to get Sean. I think it was just execution and things of that nature. But we're not getting it. And we have to understand that. So for me personally, I love what Sean has done for the team. I'm not going to take that away from him. I love what he's done for the organization. He made us into winners. This is the first time in 16 years. And really, that's not true because we were expected to. But, but for 16 years, damn near... We were winners, and that didn't necessarily mean we were winning the Super Bowl every year, but we expected to win games. 
We expected them to win a division every now and then. We expected to win a playoff game or two. And in the last four years with you, we were expecting Super Bowls. So that's a standard that Sean Payton has built. I think that's a standard we have to keep. But we don't necessarily need him to do that. And so if I'm the Saints, I'm looking at who the highest bidder is. Now, if we do reconcile and he comes back, of course, I'm going to welcome Sean Payton back with open arms because I know how great of a coach he is. But you can't sit here and tell me, just as a human being, as a fan, that you won't second-guess certain things. If he goes for a field goal instead of going forward, or there are certain decisions that he makes, you won't question it a little bit if there's some level of, of sabotage, so to speak, where he's still not in it. I don't think a year removed from us makes him ready to come back to us. I think he's ready to be a head coach again. I think he's ready to lead the team. I think he's ready to win championships again. I just don't think he's wanting to do that as a New Orleans Saints head coach anymore. So we look at Dallas, Arizona, the Chargers. I always say San Diego. Sorry, I know they're in Los Angeles, but look at the Chargers. That's what that's probably where his new home is gonna be. And what we need to do as fans, as reporters, as members of organizations, think about what we're gonna do with all those beautiful picks. And don't don't get fleeced on the trade. I know over the show talking about a trade that people said we got fleeced on, you know, a life for a life is not the same as, as a sports trade. But let's have some respect for ourselves. How about that? It's been a tough season, I know. I'm angry. I know you're angry. But let's not allow anger to make us irrational and to forget everything that has led us to this point. John Payton, we love you. We respect you. But you got to run us our picks, though. Because we got to build this team. And I don't know if that's going to be with a new quarterback, but we got to build it. Got to build it in the trenches. You got to build it in the backfield, whether that be quarterback, running back. And we got to get some ball in there. Because I believe that this is a good team. We have a good team. I, I want to say that these last couple of years, they are an anomaly. We are a good team. We have a talented roster. They're going to have to have some tough conversations with some players. I think there's going to have to be a tough conversation with Jameis, who might be wanting um, some assurances for the future. But guess what, sir? We can't give you assurances. Because one, we don't know if you want to be healthy and make it through a season. That's a fair assessment. Michael Thomas, same thing. We don't know if you want to make it through a season. We knew you were balling those first couple of weeks. We missed you. But if you want to build a contender, People got to start taking pay cuts. Drew had to eventually start taking pay cuts for us to do what needed to be done. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, you were in that ball. You were in that ball. Especially AK, who might be suspended first four or six games next season. We got to talk about that. We got to tell him that, hey, we might be looking at you younger. Doesn't mean we're done with you. 
have the tough conversations that Dallas is having with Zeke. It's not hard. Zeke is balling now. And I think that's because Dallas had that tough conversation. Okay, we're going to give Tony Pollard some more touches. But guess what? We're going to feed you. And he's almost, they're about to have 2,000 yard backs. He's got 300 yards to go. Holiday has 100 yards to go. They're about to have 2,000 yard backs. And they're rolling. They're rolling. So we can have these tough conversations with our players. It doesn't mean we don't love them. It doesn't mean we don't want to keep them around. But it's going to have to happen. We're a good team. We need to start acting like we're a good team. We need to be who we think we are, right? And that just hasn't been the case. But what is going to happen is we're going to have more respect for ourselves as an organization and as a fan base. We're not going to get in loud arguments over what quarterback is the best quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Guess what, man? If you're not getting more wins than losses, it really doesn't matter. We could have primetime Brady back there. If he's losing more than he's winning, we got to start looking at some things. So ask yourself, what do you really want? Do you, do you really want to go through the roller coaster that we went through the past four or five years with Sean Payton? Sure, it was fun. He's an energetic guy. Of course he's fun. Did we win? Like the big one. Did we win? No. I think it's time for a clean slate that we start over. And it's good that we started over. And look, if Lenz Allen, he's going to get another year. Sorry to tell you, he's going to get another year. If he can't fit the bill next season, he has to go. And we have to do a full rebuild. And that's okay, too. I've been there before. I'm not scared of it. I've seen what it looks like. You know. But we'll see. But I'm excited for that. I think we're in good hands. I just think, again, this season was an anomaly. I think there was a lot of expectations. Maybe unfair on our part, but we can only observe what the, the organization is, is putting at our feet. And so we were told we were going to get, and we didn't get that. But it happens. We're wrong sometimes. It's okay. Look at my pinned tweet. I'll let you know. It's okay to admit when you're wrong. Everybody's going to be wrong. Nobody's right 100% of the time. But that's what makes you a human being that's doing it right, is being able to accept when you're wrong. Saints, can we accept when we're wrong? Fans, can we accept when we're wrong? No matter what side of the argument we're on, can we accept when we're wrong and move on? That's going to be a telltale sign for the rest of this season and into the offseason. And guess what? The No Disrespect But podcast will be there every step of the way, talking you through it. Of course, we're going to be talking about a lot of other things, but we're definitely going to keep an eye on this Saints offseason because it might be the biggest one we've had since 2006 when the Sean Payton regime began. So buckle up tight. It's going to be a fun ride. Let's have fun. You know, I'm not no Russell Wilson, so I'm not going to say left ride. This is going to be a fun ride. And as I always say, if I say anything that offended you, that is a good thing. That means I have an opportunity to learn, you have an opportunity to teach me. And all I ask is that you keep it respectful. Peace.